0: So, Jamie, I was thinking about the things we inherit from our parents this week and about some of the fun characteristics and traits that we
1: inherit. Do you have any in mind? Oh, that's such a good question. Something I've noticed I've definitely inherited from my mom is our laugh. Um, She has this, like, really big belly laugh that's (laughs) like. (laughs) 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 That's amazing. (laughs) Right. And um, and. I found myself doing that too. And it's so funny because when I was home with my parents and Terrence was there, he was like, oh my God, you guys sound identical when you laugh. Mm-hmm. And there's also this kind of almost eerie similarity between when my mother sees something surprising or um, just strange or interesting or fascinating. She does this like look where she's like, oh, <gasps> mm-hmm. <laughs> she's like her eyes open really wide. And I do the same mm-hmm. thing. This kind of like. This like shock or curiosity, and um, she used to make fun of me for my big laugh when I was a, when I was a child, and just say, "Oh, that's so not ladylike." But mm-hmm. then we both are the same, so I think that's just like really mm-hmm. funny. Um, mm-hmm. But what about you? What about you? Tell me about a fun characteristic that you've inherited from either your mom or dad.
0: Um, well, first of all, I never thought I was like my parents. I thought I was a hidden orphan that they refused to acknowledge because I thought I was so different <laughs> from oh my. <gasps> oh my God. but uh, so this is just something I observe which is or maybe this is something that I just really love about my parents and so I want to see that in myself but my parents have this like inner childlike joy when they're really happy and enjoying mm-hmm. something their face just like lights up and you feel I feel as though I'm accessing who they were when they were really young and I remember in high school, there was this like international Korean student that I had a crush on, and he came to me and wanted to like teach me this new word that he learned, and it was winsome. And it it describes someone who has a childlike charm, and he wanted to use it to describe me. Aww. And it was really cute. And so I like to think that I got that from my parents.
1: That's so sweet. I <laughs> love it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm really excited to dive into what we inherit. Um, You know, it's not just trauma and it's not just kind of difficult challenges that we've been able to overcome through our ancestry, but all sorts of really beautiful, um, curious wonder-like aspects. So can't wait. Welcome to our podcast, Are You There Universe, hosted by me, Jamie Wu, and Sunny Yu, two high achieving Asian American women recovering from burnout. Join us as we embark on a journey to reclaim ourselves and inner power, unpack and explore the transformative nature of social change and justice at the level of the spirit, and heal our past traumas by exploring our present. Because when you heal yourself, you heal the world. When you evolve, the world evolves with you. So I love that we first started off with the things that we loved that we inherited from our parents, or at least one thing. Um, But I want to (laughs) hear some other funny, maybe not so great things that we've inherited. Maybe it's physical, maybe it's emotional, whatever. Do you have any thoughts, Sunny? Mm
0: -hmm. Oh my gosh. When I was growing up, my relatives would constantly comment on how I had this like thick build.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they would just oh, like, yeah, they would
0: just like grab my my uncles, my my dad, they would like grab my wrist or like my thigh and just like give it a little squeeze and be like, oh yeah, that's like a strong, mm. thick boned build. <laughs> it was like their way of being proud of their genealogy, I guess, because mm. my grandmother has very thick bones.
1: Mm. Um, well, it's also interesting because at least in the in Chinese culture- my parents growing up through the cultural revolution where there wasn't always food on the table. Um, As a child, you're just kind of like always encouraged to eat all my Chinese friends as kids. We just like stuffed our faces Mm -hmm. because being like chubby or, or, or like thick boned or whatever was seen Mm -hmm. as like, was seen as a good thing, a good thing seen as like a sign of affluence. So but it's um, strange
0: because my, my dad and his brothers, right. Mm -hmm. Would comment and praise me in that way but then my mom's side or just my mom I guess <laughs> would comment on um my fatness
1: there we mm, go interesting Yeah, there's
0: like no other way to say it yeah right. I'm like how right. do I say it delicately no my mom used to call me fat all the time <laughs> wow and it's surprising because, like, I'm actually very thin.
1: <laughs> I know. You're so tiny. Oh, my gosh. You're so tiny. <laughs> tiny, sunny. Um, well, it's it's interesting that you mentioned, like, a physical attribute because for me, too, um, I inherited a couple of physical attributes that I always would just get really upset about. Number one, my dad has bunions on his feet.
0: Mm-hmm. Wait, that's an – Genetic trait bunions,
1: yeah, it can be, yeah. So, I inherited Uh, that from my dad. I did ballet as a young child and I couldn't go on point because (sighs) the bunions were so bad, right? And like didn't have enough support. Um, and I also
0: are bunions, (laughs)
1: they're (laughs) they're like the big toe of your foot, um, goes diagonal like away from your body, so like it's just like a protruding bone. And your and your foot doesn't necessarily align straight, like your your toes. I mean, don't align mm-hmm. straight. I, first of all, I, I used to not be able to wear flip flops because it hurts so much to put like no that way. little piece of flip flop in between my big toe and my second toe. And I would go on the playground, and people would be like, "Oh, your feet are so weird." And I always mm. grew up. My dad had bunions. My mom kind of has a slight bunion. I so I was just like. What are you talking about? Like I have regular mm-hmm. feet. It's know?
0: normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's normal. You don't have bunions. What's yeah, like you? yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> but I used to always like, you know, those kinds of things that used to frustrate me. I used to be frustrated by my big thunder thighs. My mom has big thighs. But now I, I'm in a place where I love my thighs. I love how strong they feel. And I feel like so... um. Just built, as you say, and like strong. And Mm -hmm. I am no longer ashamed of like my big thighs or even my feet. Like when people ask me about them, I'm like happy to share that story because it's interesting, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Whereas Mm -hmm. before I was so ashamed of it. So Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good segue into kind of like, are there traits and characteristics that we've inherited from our parents that we may have thought like were super negative or you kind of are like, oh God, I'm this way because of my mom or my dad or whatever. But they actually, if you think about it and really sit with it, looked at it in a different perspective, are far more positive and far more life-affirming than you would think originally.
0: Well, that's an interesting question because when I did not have a good relationship with my parents, I refused to acknowledge that I had inherited anything from them. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. Right? Like That's why I thought... Uh, I had these fantasies about being an orphan and adopted. Um, Mm -hmm. And actually now I think what's going on is I do notice how the very things I like about myself, um, I got them from my parents, right? Mm -hmm. So being able to give them credit (laughs) in a way or like to see the continuities and allow for those continuities is what I think has developed for me.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's great. I mean, I think too, like so often in this on this podcast, we talk about trauma, right? And Mm -hmm. talk about the ancestral trauma and wounds that flowed from, you know, our history, but also just like even recent events within our parents' history. But we never really talk about the affirming qualities that we so cherish and want to cultivate even more. And especially as we potentially may have children and pass those qualities on to our offspring. Right. And like, well, this conversation is actually
0: reminding me of this conversation that I had with a friend of mine who was transitioning and Mm -hmm. they were talking about taking hormones and how, even though they were estranged from uh, their father, that they were, they were being reintroduced to their masculine traits, right? Mm. Like you're taking these hormones that are activating the masculine side of your genes. Mm. And so suddenly you are having access or you're gaining access to aspects of your father or your paternal line uh, that you might never have noticed before. So like the color of your beard or something or like your oh, stance your masculine yeah. stance and i was thinking wow that's so that's so intimate and also it requires a different kind of relating right
1: mm-hmm. yeah with yourself and with others
0: yeah with yourself and your genealogy
1: yeah when i think about the qualities and traits that frustrate the me the most about my mother i realize that um, they also emerge from me, but in really in just very different ways, right? Mm-hmm, so for mm-hmm. example, my mom is like super stubborn mm-hmm. and I would identify myself as really stubborn too. And mm-hmm. interestingly, our zodiac sign, our Chinese zodiac sign for both of us and that mm-hmm. it's done by the year. so it's interesting that we both have the same sign, mm-hmm, even though she was born mm-hmm. in 1955 and I was in 1991, is a goat. Wow. And one of the major characteristics of goats, that they're very stubborn (laughs) Mm -hmm. but how that translates in my life is I'm very principled I'm very I stick to my Mm -hmm. my values I'm very passionate I care very deeply and I'm opinionated but opinionated in a way that I think is is um, a good trait right that like you you stand for something Mm -hmm. right you're Mm -hmm. not just like wishy-washy and my mom is the same and so rather than seeing it as oh my gosh she's picking fights or she's confrontational Mm -hmm. or she doesn't ever budge. It's more of like, oh, how can I reframe this in my own life so that um, I'm not constantly like pushing back against those natural traits that I have cultivated.
0: Yeah. And actually I love that because even going back to my friend's story, you're cultivating a different intimate relationship with your mom through that. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, whatever qualities that you find are annoying about her, now that they appear within you, you have to change your relationship to that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And also just, it kind of forces me to take a pause whenever I notice she's acting a certain way and try to reframe that, right? And and give her the same compassion I give myself,
0: mm-hmm. right? Of,
1: oh, I'm not necessarily doing this in a harmful way, or I'm not intending to be harmful, just like she's not intending to be harmful.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, that's so magical. It just feels very <laughs> magical, right? Yeah. Like how these things happen. Like for me, like a revelation that I had was how I feel like my most masculine traits are actually from my mom, and my most feminine traits are actually from my
1: dad. Interesting.
0: Yeah. At least from what I see, and so it also. Maybe this is my way of redoing gender for myself mm. and questioning. Like, obviously, I see this because I value my dad's femininity and I value my mom's masculinity, right?
1: Right. I feel like now that you've said that out loud, I think my parents are very similar in that in that fashion, mm. meaning that my my mom has more masculine energy, um, and my my dad has maybe more feminine energy. And what I mean by that is he he's a he's incredibly earnest and mm. optimistic. and I think he's very curious about the world, right? Mm. And oftentimes I get really impatient with him because he's just almost too optimistic, right? Or he's mm. like always thinking about like, Oh my gosh,
0: my dad is that
1: way too. <laughs> really? Yeah, I mean, they're yes. just like, oh, but at least this, this so and so, and I'm, and my mom and I are over here being so pessimistic, like mm-hmm. this is the worst that could happen, right? And my yeah. dad's just like, oh, but I'm so we're so we should be so grateful that blah blah blah, you know? And mm-hmm. um, now when I engage with him, I so cherish that so much, and that's what I aspire to be like. I aspire mm-hmm. to be more optimistic and grateful and curious about the world, and. I think for a really long time, I focused so much on my mom's energy that I neglected how powerful my dad's energy is, you know? Yeah. That is
0: so interesting. It's actually really nice to think about what I've inherited from my parents that are that leave room for creativity and, and joy Yeah. or even just like, oh, I never thought about it this way and it's, it's just fun.
1: Right, right. And
0: I was actually thinking that when I think about my more collective form of inheritance that I feel as an Asian American woman in the US, it's usually so heavy. Right, right. I was going to read a only Asian American literature for about two or three months. And I started so many of them and I couldn't finish any of them because they were just so heavy for me. I didn't want to be thinking about my identity all the time, actually, even though I was learning a lot from the text. And then I came across this one book that was about a white family and this neurotic, super rich white woman from New York. And I thought that novel was super hilarious
1: and mm. light
0: <laughs> and profound at the same time. And I was like, why well, can't why can't Asian American literature be light and profound?
1: (laughs) Yeah, actually, now that you talk about these books that you've been reading, I also, when I think about Asian cinema, right, like Mm. even just like the greats, like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, The Joy Luck Mm. Club, they're so heavy. Like there's Mm -hmm. so much pain and death and betrayal and, trauma. <laughs> and you're like I don't want to watch this anymore you know and and there can be I mean the joy Luck club has joyful moments but it is a pretty it makes me cry every time yeah, it makes me cry every time and and like you said where are the moments where we can be both light and profound so that we're not constantly just reproducing these cycles of hurt and that's like all we define ourselves as right mm-hmm. like it, you know crazy rich asians
0: yeah, yeah, that was something.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Great Conversations was yeah, it was like there was there's was definitely a lot of joy in that.
0: But th- that's the thing though, these lighter attempts to address issues of race and equality, they risk being
1: problematic. <laughs> yep, absolutely. I was just <laughs> <that's> gonna <be> say <laughs> that right, that's such a, a good point. I mean, absolutely, such a good point. Yeah, I guess that's a constant struggle, right? I mean, that's what I don't did you ever see the farewell. Yeah. So you know that movie was was sad, right? It was it was it was so sad, but it was also so beautiful and and light and there were it was there I actually attribute like so much lightness to that film because of the humor, Mm -hmm. right? And the comedy. And, and just like tradition and like, in some ways it felt really comforting, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because it focused more on the main character's
0: relationship with our grandmother and all these other elements of like race, class, transnational mm-hmm. politics was actually the background
1: of the Mm, film yeah
0: like I don't need someone to like hammer it over my head right like I can catch those things
1: (laughs) and still be touched the the subtle the subtlety of it yeah the subtlety of it I'm just like yeah yeah
0: in the history of Asian American literature who were they written for like Mm. you know how African American literature they talk about the slave narratives before emancipation they were written Mm -hmm. for white people so they were intentionally had these um they had these motives. And I think about similarly in Asian American literature, how much of that was directed at the majority. Right. Right. Like this is our pain. You must understand us. Like this is, you cannot treat us this way or whatnot. And then how much of, how much of that literature or cultural other stories are actually for us.
1: Right. Yeah. Wow. So to put it in another way, are those narratives to prove a point to mm-hmm. those who are in power mm-hmm, right?
0: Mm-hmm. And who
1: call us the model minority, right? Yeah. Who, call, who basically are saying, oh, you guys don't suffer because you're you're not the lowest on the totem pole.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and so
1: now we have these creatives and storytellers who are like, no, let me prove to you that that is the case. Or we have these studios or networks that are like, yeah. let's create that tension, right? Right,
0: right. Yeah. And then I'm kind of like, oh my gosh, but I
1: want stories that are just for me. <laughs> <laughs> right. They're speaking directly to me. Right. And I
0: think that's yeah. why when we talk about inheritance and we talk about our about our parents, it, there's that joy. There's that like, mm-hmm. oh, this is something for me. Like I have power over that narrative. And it just, yeah. there's so much creative agency and you can be more in control about getting what you want from, from that narrative.
1: That reminds me kind of this, um, the connection to gifts, right? So our Mm. our episode name is called The Gifts We Inherit. And I think it's so easy to focus on the things that are very noticeable, right? Whether it's like stubbornness or whatever, or even very tangible, right? Like Christmas gifts, birthday gifts, whatever Mm -hmm. things that they pass on to you. and. I am someone who has not received an actual Christmas gift or birthday gift in probably 10 years, maybe 15 mm-hmm. years, mm-hmm. Um, because it's just like not important in mm-hmm. our kind of dynamic. And, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh man, I wish I could open a present and, you know, take off the wrapping paper. But then I remember like when I was home for the holidays. The gift I got every single day was having a sit-down meal with my parents. You no, know, we always have family dinner, and that was something from mm-hmm. when I was a young child mm-hmm. through, you know, high school. Even if I was having dinner with a friend, I would have to sit at the dinner table with my parents and sit there and not even <laughs> eat, and just sit there and engage in this community with them. That is such a gift. I mean, like I am just so grateful that And so I think also reinterpreting and reframing what do gifts mean and maybe there isn't like a dollar value attached to it and maybe they're just traditions that you also like for me, I definitely want to institute that or kind of continue that in my family moving forward.
0: I also think about how when I was growing up in America, I was so focused on aspects of my life that were outside my family. Like Mm. you say, like my friends, my achievements at school, going to college, right, getting the job. And I think about the earlier point about literature and that drive to prove myself
1: Mm -hmm. in the
0: public arena as an Asian American woman that I can uh, do XYZ. And then I think about how you're asking to focus on what we already have and how to give back to our community, right? Like how yeah. do we give back to our families, like our origins? Yeah.
1: I think it's really obvious that as we've kind of shared before, the past reproduces itself, right? And we experience all these traits or characteristics or traditions um, that we inherit from our ancestors, from our parents, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And all of that really informs our present moment, right? About who we are, who we want to be. But that also, I think, creates this foundation for us to kind of reinterpret and create alternative paths for the future, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe there are things that, that kind of transcend the entire line of our genealogy, right? But we also have choices. We We're not limited or defined by the exact traits that our parents had or their parents had, we still have our own ability to choose and our own ability to reframe what those traits look like in generations to come.
0: I feel that the conversation that we're having is actually changing my perspective on this. Like, Hmm. how so like the narrative of um, envisioning new futures and paths and transcendence mm-hmm. is very familiar and seems very like of course i would i would be behind that but our conversation makes me realize that they're not necessarily new pasts or futures so much as new new pasts hmm we are repeating the past but differently Your expression of your mom's stubbornness is a repetition of the past, but also expressing itself in a different way.
1: Right. Right. And this actually is a great tie to social justice and activism. Right. It's like, what are the what are the norms or the lessons that we learn from all the greats that came before us and how can we reinterpret those in our current new settings, right? In our current realities where structures may look and feel a little different or we're just kind of embarking on a on a, on a new space. How can we reinterpret those pasts? As you say, reimagine those pasts, but in a way that's um, both honoring the past, but also honoring what could be right?
0: Yeah. And how, as much as the past reproduces itself, we are facing different circumstances.
1: Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm.
0: I also think about how within me are qualities from my ancestors that were not able to be expressed or taken advantage of or valued until now. Mm -hmm. So if I think about What I do for a living as an intellectual, say, and a writer. These were qualities that were not valued in my grandmother. Right. Even though she was a very brilliant woman.
1: Mm -hmm. We can hold these multiple truths, right? And we can hold multiple feelings, multiple interpretations of the past and the present and what you know, multiple reimaginations of the future. And even if they're conflicting or even if they seem at odds with one another, right? It's like, I can see stubbornness as stubbornness and as principled and passionate and all these other things, right?
0: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Um, and so that ability to hold multiple ideas and truths can feel really uncomfortable. But I also think when we sit with that, that's actually a true form of mindfulness, right? Because we're think always so. holding mm-hmm. multiple truths. And we're contradictory. We're contradictory. And we don't have to choose one or the other. I think we're so constantly told we do. And being mindful is accepting and realizing that we don't have to.
0: I love that. I love the idea that we contain contradictory truths.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a perfect segue into our affirmations of the week. And so Sunny, could you share those with us? Of course. So taking a breath.
0: I am worthy of the gifts I inherit. My story can be profound and light. multiple
1: treats oh I love this one thank you thank you for doing that
0: they're really nice
1: ones (laughs) and it's actually funny that we're talking about gifts because on the date that this is being published I believe it's just a few days before my 30th birthday (gasps) which is wild I know or maybe it's (gasps) a few days after (laughs) (laughs)
0: Oh, my God.
1: Yeah, I didn't even really (gasps) think about that until right now.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. Oh, my gosh. Turning 30 is such a big deal.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I do hear that your 30s are the best years of your life because you really grow into the person that you were meant to be. Mm -hmm. And you're just so much more assured of yourself. And I I totally feel that way. I mean, I was Mm -hmm. so lost in my 20s, I feel like, at least Mm -hmm. my early 20s. Um, But if we are talking about gifts, I will say one gift that all who are listening can give to me and to Sunny (laughs) is to share our podcast, to subscribe, to leave us a review, to share our Instagram posts. Would so deeply appreciate your support and those gifts.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, But until next time, we will. We'll um, we'll be on the lookout for any of your stories and comments and please feel free to share um, suggestions for speakers. We do have a few speakers coming up this season so super excited um, to engage. All right, take care.
0: Take care. Thank you for joining us on Are You There Universe where we get to reimagine a new world together. We're so grateful to you. And we hope you can join us again next time to dive deeper into the intersections between social justice and spirituality. If you're curious about our other projects and extensions of this work, connect with us. We'd love to have you join our community on Instagram at areyouthere.universe. You can also find me, Sunny, at sunny underscore mystic and find Jamie on her website, www.universe. Jamiewoo.com